Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Well, guys, what's up, innovators? It is season three, and we have a brand new feature to season three, which is we are now on video. I know I'm coming into the, the uh, <laughs> 2022 or whatever year it is. Is it 2021? Who knows? Still 20. But I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Time out here. <laughs> so you'll notice this new feature, guys. If you're listening on your normal podcast platforms, please head over to YouTube and subscribe and check us out there as well. And I'm so excited to have you guys back for season three. Well, guys, today you might have heard her voice. My guest is Christine. Garcia. And she is a leadership coach. She's a speaker. She's a facilitator. And she's also the founder of Mindful Choice Leadership Academy. She has over 17 years of experience in sales and recruiting and also in coaching. And for the last 10 years, she's been working with current and up and coming leaders in fast growing organizations such as Airbnb, Twitter, and Sunrun. I'm so excited to talk to you today, Christine. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, especially to be this first uh, episode of season three. How exciting to start the year off. Or I guess the yes, off. and on video, right? <laughs> and on video. Yes. Surprise. <laughs> so I just loved reading a little bit about you before we got to get on this platform and meet each other. And you do a lot of work on ego, which, man, if yes. we're honest, we all want to pretend we don't have one. But if we think about it deep down, we know for sure we do. Yes. Tell me a little bit about how you got into focusing on ego as a key component to leadership. You know, I love that you just right off the bat acknowledge we all have one. There's just not enough of us that realize what that ego does to us. And it really is how I look at the ego is just our unconscious behaviors and mindsets. And we all wake up every single day doing them. And so how I got into it, gosh, I guess it was probably about 12 or 13 years ago when I started doing my own leadership development and really looking into some different opportunities to build my own business and all that good stuff. And my boss at the time told me about leadership development or or life coaching. And I'm like, oh, that sounds a little hokey. What is that? And I looked into it, started going through some classes. And, you know, for myself, it was great. I got to really experience the learning and growth of that. At that, about that same time in my career, I started to watch all of my peers, you know, get promoted into management and leadership roles and the transition from, I was in sales. So you're praised on being the best on doing it your way, getting to the finish line first. And if you think about our life, we're all praised for that from the time we start school to playing sports, to starting our career. If you do well as an individual contributor, you're going to get a reward. And the moment that I realized that transition of it takes two years to three years to get yourself up and running as a successful leader in a business or in that management role, or we can teach them how to manage that ego immediately. And that was kind of that shift for me within six months. If you learn how to shift from I to we, you can really start to impact your team quickly instead of having to go through those ups and downs, those trial and errors while you know, learning not just the job, but how to deal with people and to really get your team to the finish line with you. That was really the changing point for me. Okay. So I can hear some people listening and saying, well, you know what? I do have an ego, but why is that such a big deal? Can you talk a little bit about when someone brings that like full-blown 
ego to the table. Like, what does that look like in daily reactions? A coach of mine says this. She says, leadership is how others experience themselves when they're around you. Yes. So I love how that. is somebody experiencing the ego? <laughs> yeah. So the ego is, you know, it can be very silent or it can be very aggressive. You know, a lot of us think ego mm-hmm. is the arrogant person in the room. Well, arrogance can also be passive. And so really recognizing that it can look like judging and gossiping. It could be proving that you're supposed to be there, comparing yourself to others or comparing others to you, being jealous when others win, you know, that sting in our chest that says, Ooh, I, I, I'm happy for them, but I really not. That's mm-hmm. all ego behavior, blame, blaming others when things don't go our way or when the plan changes and we get that instant aggression. That's all ego. Those are all behaviors. The first time I recognized the ego in real time, I was, again, in medical cells. I was in a room full of orthopedic surgeons. I was the only female in the room. And at that time, you know, I was this sassy little 27-year-old that thought I just had it all together and everybody else was, you know, had the arrogance. And so uh, sitting in this room of 12, you know, orthopedic surgeons, all men, and I had that bit about me. It's like, I'm going to just show them how this is. And one guy challenged me in front of everybody and The way he said it was definitely belittling, but it wasn't, you know, Mm. we can't change how other people show up. We can only change our own response. And I recognized in real time, my response to him. And I Mm. turned to my worst self to meet his worst self. And that was that moment of like, wow, that's the ego. I just, you know, you ain't going to tell me what to do and I don't need this. And so Mm. I belittled him back in front of all his peers, which is just so unprofessional. And it was just that aha moment that, wow, we all do this and it doesn't matter how kind we are, how nice we are, how thoughtful we are. We all have a dark side. We all have an ugly side when someone meets us with their ugly. And so, you know, it really got me interested in once there's one ego in the room, all the egos show up. And so if you think you're not having an ego response, it could be as simple as shutting down and not speaking up in a boardroom, questioning yourself because you don't know if you're going to look stupid if you ask a question. Being the over controller when you feel out of control. And so it comes across as micromanaging. You know, it doesn't make bad intention or these bad behaviors bad. It just, it's the unintentional actions that have consequences that aren't supporting leadership. Okay. (laughs) You said a lot. You said a lot. So I loved some of the things you said on arrogance can also be passive. Like, so I think a lot of times we do think of the person that talks over everyone, the person that is bullying in the room, the person that like kind of has that loudest voice as the person that has the ego, but it's literally, I think you're right. It's the person that says, well, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the person that says they'll do it, but they know they have no intention of doing it. It's the person that smiles in your face, but then goes and talks about you behind your back. It's all of that. Yeah. Yikes. It is. And, you know, I like to think of the egos as both our strengths and our weaknesses. So, you know, in my business, there's three egos. There's the complier, protector, and controller. And when we recognize the strengths and weaknesses of all three, we actually, our best self uses all three egos. Unfortunately, most of the time, we only have one to two dominant that show up. And that's typically where we start to shut down or be more aggressive. And so the complier tends to be more passive go along to get along, don't want to rock the boat, wants to be liked. And so they don't necessarily speak the truth or share feedback or make hard decisions because they don't want to upset anybody. That's all ego behavior. Where the controller, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. They're almost too direct. They think about tasks before the people. 
and it's the freight train energy, very excited and passionate and motivated, but it's a, you know, get on the train or get off the train. I'm going to run you over if you don't get out of my way. And so a lot of times they forget about the people first. And so it's, it, it is that balance of what is that mindset that can allow all of us to just show up and be ourselves. I mean, that's really what it comes to our best self speak truth with authenticity and integrity. Yeah, that's so good. Cause I think even there was something you said that I wrote down about, I can't read my own writing. So, but, (laughs) 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 but you know, you said something about my worst self meant his worst self. Mm -hmm. And it's so powerful what you said, because we do have those opportunities when someone throws kind of that nasty comment out there, or we can tell they're intentionally trying to undermine our leadership or whatever, to be able in that moment to rise above. And I would imagine, because I know how it hits me, when I hear someone belittling you in a meeting full of people, the natural tendency is going to want to be to strike back immediately Mm -hmm. and to say, well, you know, you're not going to make a fool out of me. So here we go. Um, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How do you, how do you like calm everything down and slow everything down and have a different response in that moment? You know, it's such a great question because really it comes back to self-awareness and ownership. Again, we can't change other people. And so if we're constantly reacting unconsciously to people, which is what we do 95% of the time of, you know, throughout every day of our life and everything today is moved so fast that we're always unconsciously reacting. If you don't stop, slow down and become aware. So the number one way to manage your ego is self-awareness and ownership. You can't control it unless you understand it and you know about it. And so self-awareness is the number one thing to be able to take control over it. In that moment, being able to get clear on why am I wanting to react? Why why does this matter? What's actually happening? What's the feeling that's really going on? Because most of the time it's a symptom, right? Oh, he belittled me, so I'm going to belittle him back. And there's no conscious thought there. It's just a reaction. Yeah. Where instead be like, wow he's feeling insecure right now. And so he's wanting to have me meet him there. And so, you know, what, one thing that self-awareness does is it allows you to understand not just what you do, but why do you do it? And the, why you do it is the most important thing, because usually that's where we're trying to protect ourselves from others. We're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to get liked or, you know, be the best, or just again, whatever the insecurity that the ego is telling us And once you understand your own ego, you realize everybody else in the room has an ego too. And so they all have their own insecurities and their own beliefs and their own mindsets that maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Maybe she's making me feel, you know, not smart as I thought I was or whatever. And so being able to just empathize in that moment and instead of meeting that person where they're at, you rise above, like you said, and just start getting curious. Well, tell me more about that. Instead of, mm-hmm. thank you for, you know, I love that you brought that to the space. Tell me more. Why do you feel that way? Right. And instead of getting triggered and taking it personal, you just get to turn it around back on the space as a conversation. Let's dig into that. Let's get curious. That's really where the growth happens for everybody in the room. That is so powerful. It's almost like you said it, I'm going to call it out a little further. When you're triggered, right? It's like that limbic brain reaction, that fight mm-hmm. or flight reaction. And yep. so what we're trying to do is slow that portion of our mind down so that we can have an intelligent conversation, which is so hard to do when we're triggered. (laughs) And and something you said is like, you get curious. So Mm -hmm. when you see somebody behaving badly, I'll call it behaving badly. When they're in that ego, in that ego area, and you say to them, it sounds like you might have some concerns. 
Perhaps we need to slow the conversation down and really address what might be going on right now. Yeah, It's almost like you're calling it out. You're not letting it pass. You're not giving them a pass on being rude, but you're slowing the conversation down and you're saying, it seems like they're, you know, tell me more about that reaction you just had. It seems like you might have a challenge with the direction we're going. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's giving people the benefit of the doubt, right? Our first reaction is to make people wrong. That's what the ego wants to do. Make people wrong, put you on your own island. And so when we respond that way, that's just bringing our ego to the game as well. When we actually look at it as, okay, let's assume he wasn't intentionally attacking me and his Mm -hmm. language just wasn't sugarcoated enough. So it triggered my ego where now I can weed through what was going on. And like you said, that curiosity, call the elephant out. The longer we make up assumptions or put our perception into the reality as truth, we're going to have conflict of interest or miscommunication. Wow. Man, you you say so many, like when you talk, (laughs) you say so many like jam-packed things that it's it's almost like I feel like people are going to have to listen to this two or three times because the things you're saying are so profound and it's like, I almost want to like slow you down a little bit because it's like, there's so much in there. There's one thing I want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I mean, it's not that you're talking fast. It's just what you're saying is so weighty that I think that if we could understand this in our leadership, it would change everything. If we could understand this in our relationships, if we could understand this with our significant other, if we could understand it with our kids, like, I feel like What you're saying is so important that if we could slow some of these conversations we're having down and have the conversation behind the conversation, we could actually get somewhere. But I feel like we all get triggered when somebody says something the wrong way. And then we just ping back and forth these like accusations versus ever having a real conversation. And so there's like what I hear you saying, if we can grab a hold of this. This is not only going to help us in our job, it's going to help us in our life. Oh, you're so right. That is the number one thing I end up hearing from the Leadership Academy. You know, the graduates that go through, they all go through it because of business and how to be a better leader at work. And one of the gains they get is building stronger relationships at home, finding real life balance because they get to be more intentional when they're at home. You know, so often as leaders, we bring our best self to our, our businesses a lot of times where then at home, we're tired, we're worn out. And so that's where our exhaustion shows up. And so, yes, yep. you're absolutely right. Being able to be intentional, whether it's being an intentional boss, parent, spouse, friend, a community member, that really is the power of ego management and self-awareness. Okay. So kind of rattled these six things off really fast. And I want you to tell them to our listeners again. So there's six areas to identify when your ego is showing up. Just step us through those again, because they're Mm -hmm. worth repeating. And like, oh my goodness, some of these, I think people thought they were just chit-chatting with their friends at work, but no, it's, it's an ego thing. Yeah. So how the ego shows up again, it's unconscious and it's designed to protect us. And so anytime we have any emotional response to anything, we react. That could look, you know, when you're judging or gossiping, when you are, you know, and that could be for a work scenario, just to give an example, judging and gossiping could be where people walk out of the, out of a meeting. If they're a complier, they weren't courageous enough to speak up in the meeting. So they like to complain afterwards. And then they rally the troops and everybody catches. Now you have all this stuff happening, but in the meeting, everybody was good and on board. 
Now everybody's angry and frustrated and someone had to be bad, most likely the speaker or leader in the room. And you've got this drama now, unnecessary drama, because that complier ego wouldn't speak up in the room to address the issues live. And so that's an example. The other end of that is the complier or the controller might be the one that is designing the conversations like, well, you're just being a, you know, sensitive and we need to move on from this and we need to go forward. Right. So their ego is non-emotional and just shuts it down, which again, creates more trauma. And yeah. so just recognizing those aren't intentional actions, but then you've got, you know, proving you're right. So that really black and white brain, you know, my way or the highway, I just wrote an article on follow the leader. When do we do the follow the leader too much that now we're just over controlling and trying to manipulate a population to do something we aren't comfortable doing. And when are we using follow leader as a balanced strength saying, you know, there's got to be some level of following in order to be a great leader as well. And so that balance of all these things. So the proving your right can come across as very aggressive, even though you're just trying to show that you're supposed to be there. That's how you get your value and worth comparing yourself to others or comparing others to you. So again, you're never good enough or someone else is never good enough. Making fun of someone because of something they don't have or what they're wearing or their hair or whatever. You know, we can all get catty and ridiculous sometimes. It could be with a car they're driving. Jealous when others win. This is something we all do too. You know, especially if you've got some of that competitive edge in you, being able to be genuinely and authentically happy when someone else is doing well. Women get this a lot. You know, we tend to not be each other's cheerleaders and we go to that place of competition. And it's like, how do you genuinely get to be happy for your girlfriends, your friends, your peers? who are just doing really well and remembering that just because they're doing well doesn't mean you can't do well either, or they didn't take something from you. Um, And so being able to really recognize that behavior as well. And then the blame, I think we're seeing a lot of this in our world right now, blaming others for why things aren't going right, whether it's our political Mm -hmm. system, whether it's our bosses, whether it's our friends, where really there's an underlying situation there. We usually blame the surface level thing and we don't look deeper. And so, you know, who are we blaming that's making us a victim to our own circumstances? or making us a martyr to our own circumstances. So now everybody else is blamed for why you're not where you're at versus the opposite of that. So, you know, the everyday emotional responses, that is the ego. And you're either in control of it and it's intentional or you're unintentionally showing up. Uh, One thing I always tell people, the ego's not going to go away. So ego management isn't about having, you know, being perfect all the time. It's actually accepting you're not perfect and taking ownership of that part of you. Because then you can choose. Sometimes you want to sit there and gossip with your girlfriends, but intentionally sit there and gossip. And I guarantee you'll probably be gossiping less. But if you're intentional about it, it's just a different conversation. Wow. You know, you, (laughs) these things have blown my mind because I have definitely personally thought of the ego as being the aggressive person in the room or or that passive. I mean, we've seen the passive aggressive people Mm -hmm. too. But just all these other things and how they play into ego, a lot of times we can feel like, oh, well, you know, isn't me comparing myself to someone else's plight a form of humility? And especially if I don't feel like I'm as good as them. And and the answer, honestly, is no, because it's it's a form of focusing on yourself. And when we do that, when we focus on other people and compare it's like we, it's either I'm better than them for these reasons, or they're better than me for these reasons. And yes. neither one is healthy. Like Both are just healthy. stroking the ego, right? Whether we're stroking yeah. someone else's ego or whether we're stroking our own. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about like, what would this look like long-term now, right? So you've kind of worked in a job, let's call it 10 years. 
you've kind of had several of these behaviors in play. Let's say at certain points you've probably behaved badly on a lot of them. Uh What's the long-term impact to your leadership when you don't keep these things in check? Like when they're just, when you don't even think about them, like what's the long-term impact? That is such a great question because it looks slightly different for all of us, right? But ultimately you have relationships that suffer. You end up at the finish line by yourself. You know, you may be having Mm. all these wins, but there's no one there to celebrate with you. Or you never allow yourself to celebrate, so you're never good enough. So you're always chasing the ghost, and the people are getting forgotten, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, maybe it's just you, and so your health is taking the back seat. Burnout is a big one. You know, you work so hard, and you over-control, and you're just over-committed, and running fast, and there's never enough time, and you're always busy. That is an ego tactic. And so, you know, just... That ultimate self-care is where the ego is going to make sure you're unhealthy. It's going to make sure you're unhappy. It's going to make sure your relationships suffer. It's the self-sabotaging motive of your life. So if there is a place in your life that you're not feeling happy or satisfied or not, like you're still not good enough, I guarantee you have a deep-seated, rooted belief system in there that the ego has made you believe you're still not good enough. There is someone from your childhood that has told you you're not good enough. You're not, you haven't made it yet. And so you have believed that your entire life and you're still owning that story. And so, you know, really realizing how to change the story, how to slow down and just accept who you are, the good, bad, and ugly, and realize you can still be better tomorrow. That's so good. There's something that I was getting ready to post today, but I got distracted. I didn't post it. And it's something that you're saying here, which is, the lie that you believe becomes your lips. And like, I just think about everything you just said, and it speaks into this idea that there's like a scarcity mentality, Mm -hmm. right? And when we have a scarcity mentality, that's the seed that we produce in those we lead. When we have abundance mentality, that's the seed we produce. So a seed produces after its own kind. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is it we're planting into the ground as a leader And is that the thing we want others to produce in themselves? Because they will do it just by being led by you. And I can think of some incredible leaders where I've I've produced a love for learning, a love for, you know, caring for others. But there's some other leaders where it's produced insecurity in me and things like that. And I've had to sit down and face those things and say, well, that's because this happened to me. And so I just love that you're leaning into these things. Where can people find you? Ah, so I've got, you know, obviously the social platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I have a leadership academy. So the Mindful Choice Leadership Academy, that's a digital platform that's both for individuals and organizations. And that's really such an exciting time. Actually, I just turned this into this digital platform. So this is a not a new product. I've been facilitating the academy for the last five years, but this format allows more people to get it because our world needs to get these egos managed. We are, they're so high alert right now. So yeah, that's where you can probably find me on easiest. So the website is go.mindfulchoicecoaching.com. I also do these mindful motivations, daily text messages, and my clients love them. So I've opened them up to others as well. And they're just, you know, one thought provoking message Monday through Friday. So if your audience wants a free trial of that, they can text mindful to 805-221. Six nine nine nine. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. <laughs> it has been so fun. I just have, it's such a pleasure to visit with you. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Christine. Thank you. I appreciate it. And hopefully we can visit again soon. Absolutely. I would love that. 
Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership and visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.